This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN New York. Good evening, everybody. Join me at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM. Along with Jake the Snake and Jay Peasy. we're here until midnight on 98.7 ESPN in New York. And boy, if you are a fan of any of the teams that played at Madison Square Garden today, oh, it was a tough day. It was a tough day. And the game you just heard right here, Kenny Albert and Pete Stemkowski, Kenny and Stemmy, here on 9870 ESPN. This was a game. Okay, you look at the final score and you're like, boy, the Rangers really weren't in this one, huh? The Rangers slow start. The Rangers been having probably exhausted, what was it three games in four nights or something like that? And they started out slow. But to be honest, Vancouver's goalie, Demko, was outstanding early because there were a couple of opportunities that the Rangers had point-blank range. He turned them away, and Chris Kreider will probably see about five or six of them in his sleep tonight because, I mean, just great saves by Demko. And then off that... Okay, then Vancouver now is able to get a 2-0 lead in the first when really the Rangers, and I thought on the on the TV side, Henrik Lundqvist had a, had a great statement. He's like, the Rangers should maybe be up 3-2 at minimum, tied it to a piece because of the opportunities they had. Even with the slow start, they picked it up and they got going. But they just never were able to the second period. They got shut out. They slowed down. It's like they were skating in sand. They couldn't move. They were sluggish. They couldn't get out of their own zone. Vancouver was stuck in the end. And then in the third period, the Rangers outscored them 2-1, but by then it was too late. So the Rangers lose by the score of 5-2, but I think they'll be okay. They'll bounce back. And uh, they'll get a couple of days behind them, a couple of skates to look at the video and see what's wrong and try to turn things around. And I think they'll bounce back, as Dan Grasso told you in the postgame, they've got St. Louis here in the middle of the week. That was the nightcap of a tough day at Madison Square Garden. This afternoon, well, look, this afternoon for Nick fans was like every afternoon there is. This afternoon for Nick fans was the same as has been practically all year. This afternoon for Nick fans featured no defense, uh, poor shooting in stretches, lots of turnovers, and missed free throws. That has been the game plan for all season. And even though, even though the Knicks started the fourth quarter only down by a couple of points, there was, there was at no point that you really felt the Knicks were going to win this game against the Sixers today. There's no point. There's no point. At least they were entertaining on national TV for a minute. And then they do what they always do in the fourth quarter. They go through stretches where they can't score. They go through stretches where they have key turnovers. They go through stretches where they can't play defense. And next thing you know, they've lost the game. Despite a okay, a, a pretty good scoring exhibition by R.J. Barrett, who had 24 points, but on 9 of 22 shootings, so it wasn't efficient. Wasn't efficient. But once again, he's a guy who, when you look at, and there's not really positives for this season, right? But, well, kind of. But when you look at what he's been able to do, and JP and Jake the Snake gave me a great stat, R.J. Barrett in 2022 is averaging just under 24 points per game, six rebounds per game, shooting over 43%, and is just under 40% on threes and he's averaging about six, a little over six attempts a game and he's hitting almost 40% of those. So you're looking at a young man that is maturing. You're looking at a young man that is, his game is growing. It's getting better. You could see the hard work that he's put in to his game and you see the improvement that he's got. Unfortunately, The Knicks are 3-15 and in their last 18 games. So while he is doing better individually, 
It's not helping the team. And once again, I like what I see from RJ. He is aggressive. He is putting his head down, taking it to the basket. But I just feel on certain situations, there needs to be a time when he can look for other players on the court. Okay, I get that he's the hot hand. I get that he's putting the ball on the floor. I get that he's confident. I get that he's aggressive. But I think sometimes he can be selfish and not look for other teammates. And teammates are now starting to stand around when he gets the basketball. So he's got to pick his spots a little bit. And that will come as he becomes more comfortable with his game. And you're like, Larry, nobody else is going, why can't he just, you know, why, why can't he do that? Because he's not going to be playing with these guys forever. And to quote Larry Brown, former Nick head coach, when he does that, he's not playing the game the right way. All right, you need to make sure that you get your players, your teammates involved. Okay? And so while I love, as I said, his aggressiveness, I love him going to the basket. He's got to do a better job on other occasions of looking to get another teammate involved. Now, on most of the times today, especially late, he was putting the ball putting the ball on the deck and he was beating Embiid up top and just went right to the basket. So in that scenario, excuse me, I'm not expecting him to pass the ball. Okay, because he's he's got a direct line to the basket, so I'm not expecting him to do that. But there had there were other occasions in the game where I thought he might have dribbled a little bit too long to set himself up to wait for the defense to make a move. You know, I thought so. So uh, that that's the one thing I would say about him. But otherwise, what he's been able to do and the improve, improvement he's made, and then you go back to him scoring, you know, just dominating against Miami although he missed eight free throws. And I love the fact that after that game, we're at 46-48. I love the fact that after that game, the first thing he said was, it's about the eight free throws I missed, which is what they do, right? It's exactly what they do. They constantly miss free throws. They constantly mess up and do a bunch of different things that you understand why they're in the situation they're in. On the outside looking in of a lost season where they have no hope, no hope of getting to the postseason, even the play-in game. I mean, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Harnessy till midnight on 9870 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Taking your phone calls, talking about a tough day at MSG. See what you got to say. Charles is in Queens. Hey, Charles, start us off. Charles? Hello? All right, call us back. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Robbie, you're next on 98.7. Robbie, you there? All right, we'll check. Just have, having a little trouble with the phones. We'll see what's going on with them. You know, maybe they can't hear me. We'll see. Uh, we'll check with that. Check back with the phones in a second. But once again, look. I will say this: Buddha and uh, all the Sixer fans, James Harden is going to make offensively your life a nightmare. Okay, offensively. Defensively, you're going to have some things to work with. But the interesting thing, and look, the interesting thing is Harden, who had like a tremendous game today, what, 29 points, dozen assists, you know, rebounded, triple-double, whatever, you know. He did what he did, and Embiid was incredible because they fouled him, and he just he was, he was parading to the free throw line over and over and over again. Uh, but Harden's going to make, make it tough for you to pick your poison, okay? Because he's going to – just think about this. Once they get 
uh, the kid Harris squared away and he finds his place in this offense with Embiid and Harden, they're going to be tough. The question is, where are they going to get their scoring off the bench? A. And B, you know, Drummond, who was part of the trade with Brooklyn, and he's made a big difference for them in the painted area with his physicality and rebounding ability. Uh, who Who's going to take that role with the Sixers? Because you're going to need to have give him Embiid some minutes, especially in the postseason, give him some meaningful minutes where he may have to, you know, take a break or get a blow where you'd like to, you know, what you'd like to do is rest him, maybe the end, maybe like two minutes to go in the second quarter. So he has those two minutes of game time. Then he's got the halftime. Then he comes back in, start the third period. And then you kind of want to do the same thing where you could steal some minutes with him in the, you know, in the fourth quarter, right? You still bring, take him out into the third, you know, two or three minutes into the third, give him a break, give him a blow, let him come back in. Uh, but, but listen, the early, the, the first two, and once again, I get it. The first two games, they've not exactly gone against the Miami Heat defensively. <laughs> All right, I understand. It, it was rather easy. But still, I think he's, it's going to, they're going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they perform. It really is. All right, let's go back to the phones. Charles is in Queens. Charles, you're up on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Charles, what's up, yeah, my friend? Pretty good. I'm going to say long-time caller, first-time listener. But I'm going to go with the Knicks, man. Okay. Right now, you're not doing well. And that's obvious. Charles, you there? All right. He disappeared on me. The seven-foot guy. Uh-huh. We also got this guy from, from Purdue named Ivy. He looks like the next John Morant. So right uh-huh. now, we're top ten. Looks like, and it could get worse. We could be go down to number five. And I'm not saying we should lose, but we're not going anywhere this year. I and mean, we all know that. I don't want to play in a play and go from the first day. All right. So I want to look towards next year and focus on this. This draft is not all right here. This draft is actually deep this year, and I actually am getting really excited. But also, mm-hmm. I want to talk about RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett is the face of our franchise right now. But we also got to look at Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell said that he wants to come to New York. He knows he wants to come to New York. Next year, if let's say Utah doesn't do well in the playoffs, they get started in the first round again, they might try to look for a move for him. And I think RJ Barrett, along with maybe a first-round pick, maybe you know, a second round, I think we could do something. I think Donovan Mitchell is our next star coming to New York. I hope Well, Charles, here's the thing, and thanks for the phone call. Here's the issue I have. I... Logically, as a Nick fan, let me say this again. Logically, as a talk show host, and illogically, emotionally, as a Nick fan, I don't expect anybody to come. I'm done with the idea of people are coming. I'm done. I allowed myself to fall into the Kevin Durant was coming here trap. And so I, I don't want to do that anymore. And that's A. B, if I'm Donovan Mitchell, yeah, maybe I want to come to New York, but I'm I'm in a playoff situation every year in Utah right now. Okay, I'm in a playoff situation every year. Okay, if he comes to the Knicks, that's not what that's not what this team is like. Okay, that's not where this team is. So maybe he felt that way last season, like a couple of people felt that way possibly last season because you could see that the Knicks were trending upward. That trend has turned all the way down. I mean, it's crashed and burned (laughs) this year. So what people said after last season, I don't know that they feel the same way. Okay? I mean, look at at this team. I mean, even you know you're, you're ready to start looking at the draft, and rightfully so. Okay? And, and yeah, you want a lottery pick. But listen, the other side of it is, can are they ever going to be able to get a ping pong ball hookup where they get the best, where they get the number one pick? Because they've been in the lottery enough <laughs> over the past decade, and they really haven't done, haven't 
A, they haven't picked the right players because, I mean, they took Frank Nilekina instead of Donovan Mitchell in that draft that draft class. But, you know, they, they just haven't made the right picks. Now, I will say that I believe Walt Perrin, who they, they got from Utah uh, last year or year before last, the last two drafts have been better. So I will say that I feel better about the, the style of draft, okay? including a young man that played center today, which I'll talk about a little bit later, that I saw that, wow, he got some playing time. I'd like to see him play a little bit more. He should be in the rotation. So I do think the drafts are looking up. So, you know, I, I would like to see what they're able to do in the draft. They pick some players, but hopefully they give me a point guard. <laughs> and we all know we need a point guard on this team. We've been talking about it for years. Like, like, like we said, here, here's several things we know. Jets need a pass rusher. Knicks need a point guard. All right? Those are givens. Those are just like, is it sunny outside? Yes. <laughs> it's sunny outside. Knicks need a point guard. And the Jets need a pass rusher. That's just the way things are. And it will continue to be that way. All right? So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, that's what you're starting to look for, and that's why with the NCAA tournament coming up, this is where you really get a chance to start to see what players can do in big moments. Okay, because some players have had great seasons, and then you get to the tournament when it's one and done and the pressure and all that, that goes on and different matchups, and you tend to play you know, better teams, especially when you get out of your conference and you start to get into – you know, the main tournament, uh, that's when you get to see what players can do and how they respond to big moments. So that's when I really get interested and watch what happens with college basketball. Really then, because I'm really looking, I'm scouting for my team. That's what I'm doing. I'm scouting for my team because I want to see what's happening here. So um, I agree with you. It's about looking to the draft right now. And with that in mind, I thought Tibbs did a little better job playing some guys, playing younger players. I know he had to at center, but I still can't figure out why McBride can't get off the bench. More of this conversation. We'll talk Knicks and your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Sunday night edition of the show. Thanks for joining us. 1 800 919 3776. Hit me up on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Wow. JP's got uh, Jake, JP's, JP's on the mission tonight. JP's got me dancing in the studio, Larry. <laughs> he's on a mission tonight. He, he, he's he got some plans after the show. <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> I didn't have plans, but now I want to make plans after hearing that song, Larry. <laughs> Let's get back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Robbie's in Massachusetts. He's next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Larry. How are you? It's been a, a while. Um, it's always good to call you after a Ranger game, but not particularly tonight. Um couple of things about the Rangers that I want yeah. to focus on the next with you. Um, as far as the Rangers go, you know, three games and four nights, you could see it clearly, uh, you know, for a little bit as far as their defense. You know, we still have to realize that this team is the fourth youngest team in the league still. Mm-hmm. And it's a very young defense. And the defense tonight, you can see, you know, my problem, you know, obviously to me with the Rangers is that they've had a great year. And in some cases, they've, they've overachieved. And when you think about it, the rebuild has, has gone better than I think it, that, you know, most fans you know, would have expected the fact that they're going to make the playoffs this year. But there's a lack of scoring depth on this team that's so obvious. I mean, mm. if they don't get Panarin and Zibanejad and Kreider scoring, I mean, nobody else really scores on this team. Ryan Strong gives you a few goals. Now Lofton's going to score tonight. But their third and fourth lines do absolutely nothing. They get nothing from Gautier. Heedle's going to scratch. They get nothing from their fourth line. And I just want to see what, what Chris Drury can do at the deadline because Capo Caco still hasn't proven himself yet. So I wanted to get your, your thoughts on maybe what Chris Drury can do at the trade deadline and also, too, about the Knicks. You know, 
I mean, who the hell is Scott Perry? What did he ever do? Who the heck is Leon Rose? What did he ever do? This is not the fault of Tom Thibodeau. This is the fault of a general manager and a front office that don't know what they're doing. Look how the Chicago Bulls have turned around their organization by good signings and good drafting. I absolutely agree with you, Larry. I mean, the Knicks need to stop with this idea of trying to go out and get free agents and go through the draft and see what they can do. But you need guys that understand how to evaluate talent at the college level. And it seems like Scott Perry has no clue. You know what I'm saying? So just get your thoughts on that. Why, why do you think this team doesn't play defense this year? I mean, there are only two guys that are gone. I mean, there's two guys that are gone from last year's team, and nobody plays defense, Larry. I can understand that they have deficiencies, but why aren't they playing defense? Defense is about hard work and moving your legs and putting your arms up. I, I just don't get it. I, maybe you can explain why their defense has stunk the whole year. Oh, I can tell you. It's, it's very simple. It's yeah, very ahead. simple, Robbie. Thanks for the phone call, my yeah. friend. It's very simple, and it was on it was on display this afternoon. It's very simple. They don't talk. They don't communicate whatsoever. They don't talk. And if you watch Nick games – I will listen to them. And Brendan Brown talks about it here on 98.7 ESPN all the time, every game. And Walt Clyde Frazier says it poetically on MSG every game. Clyde says, see your man, see the ball. They don't do that. They don't do that. It's clear. You run back doors on them. They have no clue. How many times did the Sixers run back door on them? How many times did the pick and roll work and the player doesn't know whether to whether to switch or not switch? And they don't communicate whatsoever. It's just they are on the defensive side of the ball. They don't know what to do. They, they are not playing smart. They have no clue. None. And they get burned by the same play over and over and over again. And then it's like, how many times do you see people go behind, go right past them and they look, Julius Randle looks around and, and a guy's just beating him off the, off the dribble. Quick, boom, gone. A pass, boom, gone. Because unlike the Knicks, other teams realize that you can move faster without the ball than trying to dribble the ball everywhere you're trying to go. So movement and cutting is what other teams do extremely well. The Knicks don't do that, and they don't talk to another to their teammates to say, okay, when he does that, I'm going to move. I'm going to slide. They just don't. So, yeah, it's, it's it, and from the draft, I think, look, I thought Jericho Sims played. I saw some things from him today. And listen, I get it. He's playing against Joel Embiid. Yeah, he should have fouled out. <laughs> okay, Joel Embiid is, is, a, is an MVP candidate. Okay, but at least he was hustling. At least he was tipping the ball. At least he was he, he was playing hard. Okay, so I like what I saw from him. And I think if I'm, which I'm not, if I'm Tibbs, I want to give him some more playing time. Okay, I want to see what he can do, especially while Nerlens Noel is sitting on the bench. Let me put some size in there. So if, if he deserves to see, after what he did today, yeah, he fouled out. No, he didn't score, but he had a ton of rebounds. He played good defense. He positioned. He played smart. There was a play where Doris Burke talked about where, uh, as far as the pick, there, there was a play where the, the defender challenged the pick, so he, re, he reposted, he reset, and turned his body the other way. And the player, the Nick, the Nick player, I forgot who it was. I think it was Burks or, or Randall. I forgot who it was, was able to still step behind the line and get the three. Fournier was able to step, step behind the line and get the three. Okay, that's what I want to see from my young players. I know, okay, you know what? Maybe I need to see some more from him. He's earned some more playing time. And listen, I get who the coach is. I get his Thibodeau. I get that he doesn't like to play. I understand. We knew that when he came. Okay, but now, especially even in the back of his mind where he thought that maybe Derrick Rose is going to come back and be the savior like he was last year. After the All-Star break? No, no, no. He's out for another two weeks, so you might as well just go. And you're heading to the West Coast? Do yourself a favor and start playing these kids more. That's what you got to do. You need to see what you got. Roscoe's in Brooklyn. What's up, Roscoe? You're next on 98.7. Larry, I kind of disagree with you because it, it happened today where we let the young guys play, and, and B had 37. Harden had a triple-double. So, I'm, I'm, okay, the season's over, and they got us again, Larry. They did it to us 
again. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. su they sucked us in last year. Julius Randle, everybody screaming MVP. He got paid, and that's normally what happens, Larry. Isn't that true, Larry? Sometimes Once it does, yeah. Get... No, yeah. Larry, it so happens that with New York, it happens all the time, Larry. <laughs> this is the city of getting your paycheck, Larry. How much we gave him? 160 something? What we gave him, Larry? Yeah, Come, what well, we gave him? You gave, you gave him a lot of money, which doesn't start till next year. It does. We still, Larry. Next year, I'm not watching next year, Larry. It's over. Oh, you'll watch next year. Come on, Roscoe. Depending on what they do, Roscoe. Depending on what they do in the off season, Roscoe, you'll be right back there next season. Depending, depending what they do in the off season. We need a point, yo. But I'm blaming. I'm blaming the. I'm blaming up upstairs. I'm blaming this organization. But the nucleus that we had last year, because Fournay, and, and, and listen, Rosen got, how much Rosen got? Rosen got, what, 82, right? And, and they say he's one, of, he's one of the best players in the game right now. And we went and got Fournay, and we gave him 78 mil. And what is he, he don't even play D. But let's be, let's be fair now, Roscoe. A lot of people I'm slept not, on DeMar DeRozan because a lot of people thought he was done. With the idea that the Spurs didn't resign, you know what, Larry? so a lot of people. So yes, the Knicks messed up. There's no question about it. They messed up, but but in DeRozan's case, uh, they weren't alone. And the other thing, but we, the, the other thing, Roscoe, is this too. Thanks for the phone call. What were the starters doing that made you think that you thought you can't tell me that you thought the way the starters were playing that the Knicks were going to win this game? You can't tell me that. You can't. Alec Burks is the point guard. He's not a point guard. They've been playing him out of position for two seasons. Here was your starters. Randall, 16. Robinson had six. Burks had six. Fournier had 24. Decent game for him. Six of 11 from three. And R.J. Barrett had 24. Nine of 22. Not efficient, but he had a pretty good game. Okay? Those were your starters. You think that you were beating the Sixers by not giving the kids some playing time? And it's not like they played that much. Sims played 18 minutes, had 10 rebounds, a block shot, fouled out, didn't score. Obi Toppin played 16 minutes, had six points, two rebounds. Uh, Cam Reddish, six points in 17 minutes. Emmanuel Quickly was the one that got the most playing time. He had 21 points in 26 minutes. And he had, he had a spurt where he gave them some life a little bit in that game, third quarter. He, he was invisible in the first half, but came back in the second half. Maybe it was that his, uh, you know, his Wildcat teammate, Maxie, was rolling. So then he decided, oh, wait a minute, I can't, wait, whoa, 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 let me show a little something. I mean, he helped them, he helped them get a lead. So, no, they need to play. They need to play the kids. You need to see what you have. And to be honest, he still played the starters too long. <laughs> Julius Randle played 38 minutes. This was not a 38-minute game for Julius Randle. He did not need to play 38 minutes. Fournier played 37 minutes. I'm just saying. I, I Maybe it's me, but I've seen enough of this starting rotation. I'm good. I'm trying to get in. I hate, I hate talking over vocals, especially when they sing that good really do let's go back to the phones justice is in the car what's up justice hey how you doing larry great how's everything thanks um i'm just you know I, Knicks, man you know all my teams suck Knicks, match jets started thinking about whoa 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 whoa, whoa 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 justice justice the mets have a chance to be good this year man i know i know i know but i'm as a you know as a fan and just i'm just i just can't wait right i understand you know, um, i get it i never gave up on the Knicks. You know, I'm thinking about going to Pittsburgh because of some of the stuff they're doing with Tomlin and Brian Flores. I truly mm. appreciate or mm -hmm. whatever. But um, okay. um, so I definitely root for them. But, I, you know, I love my teams. But the Knicks, the one thing I wanted to ask you was this, Larry, right? Like, I'm a little biased because I'm an old school type of guy. I love Tibbs. I'm, you know, I would like to see him do a little better with the rotation. But the one thing that, that I, is, a, is a huge disconnect, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. How come – the lack of effort that we just that just eviscerated from last year to now, right? Like even if we lose the games this year, we're not even we're not even competing. 
right? And Julius, my wife said, you're going to have – my wife keeps saying, you know, you, you're screaming at him like he's Pat Ewing. I'm like, no, babe, it's not that. But he's not even competing no more. He's not even uh, – it's just, it's just frustrating. So what I would like to know your thoughts on, why do you think being is a huge disconnect taking place where the, the effort is not there? I understand the wins is not lining up, but why it's like no one is competing anymore. Just curious you, to hear what you should say you, about you that. You know, you know it's funny, Justice, and and thanks for the phone call. And your and your wife is right. Julius Randle is not Patrick Ewing, but he was their best player last year, and a lot of what rubbed off from him was the hustle and the ability and the scrappiness of this Nick team. And when they chemistry is an interesting thing in sports, right? Chemistry can help you sometimes overcome what you lack in talent in some areas. Okay, so I have to, if I have one or two guys that are, they don't give me a lot of things, but they hustle and they they run through a wall for me and they die for loose balls and they do all these other things, that helps me in a lot of ways. In some cases, you know, in, in talking to some coaches, of course you want talent. And I'm, and I'm not saying there's no substitute for talent. Okay, let's make that clear. But if you have a guy and you're on the team in the situation where you have a lot of scores, somebody's got to be that guy that dies for the loose ball, right? Somebody's got to be that guy that gets that extra rebound. Somebody's got to be that guy that sacrifices running plays for him just to make sure that he does what he's supposed to do with the little effort to set the picks and go get the dirty rebounds and, and do all the do, do the other stuff. And they had guys like that last year who bought into Tibbs' way of winning to say, hey, look, this is how this is the only way we're going to win. This is how we have to play to win. And they were successful doing that. So that helped them continue. When athletes, when, when you win, athletes buy what you sell. Okay? When you lose, athletes don't continue to buy what you're selling. And so a lot of this, they're not buying, okay? Some of it they're not buying. They're playing too many minutes. And the guys that they brought in are more scorers than defenders, than guys who are going to play the, that role and dive and fight for loose balls and stuff like that. So that's what you're saying, Justice. It's, it's just it's not the same team. This is a team that wanted – the idea of this team was to try to get more points and hopefully they would maintain – the same type of defensive intensity. That has not been the case, and it hasn't been close. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on? You know, I'll tell you how great you are, how much I love you, yada, yada, yada. But you're just deflected, so I'm going to just keep that in the back pocket. You know what I mean? I hope everything's well with you and your family. You're doing, doing good, my friend. friend. We're doing good. We're doing good. All right. All right. Listen, um... Before I get into that Knicks 76ers um, and, and just like what you guys were just talking about, um, real quick, you know, looking at college sports as basketball or football as it pertains to the way football and the NBA is played today, it's two players that I wondered how great they would be if they came out in this generation. I'm, I'm looking at Charlie Wall from Florida State, mm. and I'm looking at my man Randolph Childress from uh, Wake Forest, you know, yeah. played with Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. If the rules were played the way they play in the NBA now, I think he would have had more success and definitely reward in the NFL. It just came out at the wrong time. Children's is a beast. You, you remember Randall Children's? Huh? I do. I the do. Beat, that crossover. That crossover, that mid range game. He's like yeah. a baby. He's like a baby DeMar Rosen from the point guard spot. That's true. Unbelievable. Right. Great player, man. He was. Great player. Yeah, he was. You know, I'm listening to you, you know, and Justice, and uh, I'll just say this to y'all uh, specifically about the matches. You know, since 1986, the Mets have been in three World Series. So when y'all try to lump them together with the Knicks <laughs> and the Jets, like, stop it. All right? Mm-hmm. Let's not be gratuitous here, man. You know, yep. um, with, with the Knicks the Knicks and the Jets, uh, they parallel each other in many different ways. I mean, the Jets haven't had – I'm not talking about the offensive side. The Revis was an all-pro. Yep. The Jets haven't had an all-pro player since Curtis Martin. That's right. You know, and, and when you look at the Knicks, the Knicks – haven't had an all-NBA player since Ewing was in his prime. You know, the first six or seven years of his career, he was better than Olajuwon and David Robinson. You know, as his knees got messed up and those guys put a little more tools in the toolkit, they mm-hmm. got better than him. But the first six or seven years, he was better than them, man. 
Yeah. But, you know, when I look at this game, you know, yesterday, um, you know, it's like you said, like the Knicks, they're not going to get anybody through any trade. There's no savior coming. Similar to the Jets. I mean, if Wilson works out, the Jets will be good. You know, if if, if the Knicks draft another guy, RJ Barrett's a good player, but he's not that guy. You know, you need a guy. So whether the ping pong balls fall in their favor or not, if they draft the right guy and he turns out to be the guy, that's what's going to get the Knicks over the hump. It's not going to be the coach, and it's not going to be any any messiah that's coming in here from you know somewhere from somewhere we don't know where he's coming, traded or disgruntled, whatever that nonsense is. Mm-hmm. But you know, on my team side, the seventy sixty side, I mean, it seems like that was a good win and all of that. You know, and I was talking to Jake, you know, when he was screening the call and everything. I mean, you know, I'm not a pom-poms guy. You know that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was great that we beat a team that's not a good team. The Knicks are not a good team, and they're missing players. But, you know, it's the same old story. Like, I've been talking about this a thousand times. You know, I'm glad we got Harden. You know, he's looking good. You know, Joel is Joel. But... To compete with the Bucks, the Heat, the Nets, if they're going to get right, and especially with Danny Green like slowing down, yeah. yo, Tobias yeah. Harris, where are you, man? Yeah. Got, like this play. dude is inconsequential, man. Yeah, yo, we right. need him to score eighteen a game. Yep. You need that. You need him to be that third guy, especially without Curry, also now. Because at least Curry was able to right. give you something. So if you had Curry giving you something, even if Tobias Harris had 12 or 14, at least you know Curry was giving you 12 or 14. So you got your, your 28 to 30 combined with those guys. So now what it means, unless Harris <laughs> finds himself, you, you know, Maxie's going to have to Maxie's gonna have to put in yeoman's work on that offensive glass and offensive on the offensive you side. Know, Drum, Drummond was no chopped liver as well. Yep. They had um, this guy doing uh, – what's this guy? Um, the, the, you know the one for the Nets. Um, this guy's like 40 years old, and he's six foot seven or six foot eight. They got him as the backup center. That's yeah, not going to work out. No. I, I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Yeah. I, you know, starting five is good, yeah. but I don't see us beating the Bucks or the Heat. They got too much coming off the bench, but, man, you know – I don't know right. about the Bulls or the Nets. They got to get their stuff together. But I, I don't know, lad. I, I don't know. I, I said I really it earlier, Buddha. You're right. Thanks for the phone call. I said it earlier. The, the bench is going to be an issue for them. It's going to be an issue, and they are going. Paul Millsap is not Andre Drummond. <laughs> he's just he's not. Okay, and B's going to be playing a lot of minutes at this point. And I talked a little bit about how you may maneuver, be able to do some things, and you know to. Rest him between periods at the end of quarters to give him between periods and stuff like that, where you can possibly give him a little extra time to rest and relax. But that Harris is the major person here that's got to improve. He only took nine shots in 35 minutes. Okay. He's got the, he and, and Doris Burke said it on, on TV. With Doc Rivers' help, they have to find a way to f- incorporate him in this offense with Embiid and Harden. They have to find a way. And it's doable because Harden right now, these two games, has been the Harden that he was in Brooklyn as opposed to the Harden that he was in Houston, right, where he's looking to set up other people. He's looking to pass the ball today. Oh, he had 16 assists today against the oh, – okay, I know it's a bad Nick team. But still, he had 16 assists. Okay, so he's looking to distribute. He's looking to pass the ball. That's what made him so good last year with Brooklyn. Okay, I, and I – you know, I, I remember sitting here saying I have to apologize to him because of the way he played in Houston. That must be the way D'Antoni wanted him to play because he came with Brooklyn and he totally changed his game. So Rivers has got to find a way to get Harris involved because they need – Buddha's right. You're going to need at least 20 points from him every night because that's a lot. When you start getting into the postseason and you've got the physical nature of the way the postseason is and the fact that you're playing teams that 
You're not instituting a new offense <laughs> in the postseason. After five or six games in the series, you know them and they know you. It's about execution and will to make sure that you get your plays off. And they're gonna need they're gonna need Harris. They're definitely gonna need Harris. And they're gonna need to either pick up somebody off waivers or do something where they can find a way to get another body in there. Because uh, you know, Embiid is gonna be playing a lot of minutes. A lot of minutes. We'll continue the conversation next on 987 ESPN. Honesty till midnight on 98.7 ESPN. We're talking a little Knicks, Knicks and Nets. By the way, before I get back to the calls, Robbie, I'm sorry. I meant to, you asked me about the Rangers, and I forgot. I went talking about the Knicks and just lost track. I don't know what Chris Drury can do. I'm not real familiar with who's available. But maybe in the meantime, they can shake up their lines. Maybe they can do some things with the third and fourth line. You're right. They're having trouble getting scoring from more than just one or two lines. And that's where they have to be. But I tell you, uh, Shesterkin has covered up a lot of the errors and mistakes that this team has made. He has been just tremendous in goal. Really has. He really has. So, you know. I don't know what the salary structure is for some of the players on the team that they can move or do something of that nature. But I think they may have to look into shaking up some lines if they continue to not get the type of production they need to from the other lines on this team. Jack is in Rockaway. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Jack? I do, Larry. I'm a lifelong Brooklyn Nets, but New Jersey Nets fan. We're going back about 30 years. But uh, I would just like to comment on the Knicks because sometimes mm-hmm. we, we look at our team with our, our, our rose-colored glasses Yep. In, in, the, in the NBA, they, they, they just don't have the stomach. Every year, every couple of years, they do this new coach. Uh, we're going to clear our cap space, get rid of Porzingis, get rid of uh, going back to after Isaiah Thomas, that was 2010, uh, a couple of years ago, Porzingis, they get rid of the cap space. Uh, they strike out on the free agency, and they fill it up their free agency with with uh, average role players, Fournier's, uh, Noel Learn. Uh, uh, they waste their cap space. You, mm-hmm. Julius Randle, even last year, at his best, seven years in the league, a journeyman, uh, to say uh, at his best, you, the, the, what was he going to lead you to? LeBron James and Anthony Davis can't earn a playoff. <laughs> can't came against a playoff tournament uh, out of the playoff round. What was Julius Randle going to lead you to? At best, I look at NBA players as one, two, or three. Uh, on the championship team, what are they? Are, are they the first guy, the second, or the third? There's a lot of third players in the NBA that you could, that could be had. You need to get the one and the two. And the one and the two, you have to do it basically, most likely through the draft. And that means high lottery picks, top five, top three. Sometimes, you, you know, you strike out with uh, the eighth pick, the, the slam dunk kid. Uh, you, you have to, you, it doesn't matter. You have to stick with it. You've you got to keep the stomach. you got to lose again the next year. you got to keep your, keep your cap face fluid. you got to take bad contracts. Gain other number one picks. Hopefully, you make it on those. They, they, they do this repeated cycle, and, and that's crazy because the Knicks are in over twenty years. They are the worst team in the NBA record-wise, and, and over twenty years, going back to the Isaiah Thomas, and and they just don't get it. And I'd like to make a net comment, if you don't mind. Sure, I'm man. a lifelong Nets fan, going back to uh, Chris Morris, Dennis Hobson drafts. Oh and, yeah, uh, Ed O'Bannon. Power and train. I, I, I saw horrible years. Power train in Piscataway. <laughs> And uh, the, the Nets are very happy with the, the team they are. But you have to look at uh, in the in, in Marx's five years, we only have one. We've been out of the first round once, and yeah. I think we got about eight playoff wins in five years. And uh, I, I, I like the team. I love the trade. Harden, it wasn't working out. I don't even think it was all Harden's fault. I think I think he's normal. And, and so let me get the hell out of here. I think the I think the Nets taking Steve Nash and handing him a championship ridden team, uh, a laden team, and. We're going to be in the playoff tournament. Last year, we, we won one round in the play. And I, I know injuries. I, yeah. I, I look at Miami, and I know they have a lot of injuries for two years. And they got the best record in the league. And I, too many excuses for Nash. The the the, um, the, the, the rotations. Are, you're in the rotation for a week, then you don't see. A, uh, then you're out of the rotation for 
Yeah, but weeks. Jack, they've had so uh, these many these injuries. Are... I mean, Jack, thanks for the phone call. They've I, had I, so I many injuries. I, I, I mean, you got to get, you know, so many. I mean, they had, look at who they had. They had no Harden, no Durant, and no Kyrie. How are you going to win? Listen, with Kyrie and Durant, with Durant back, come on, please. This is a team. Look at look at how far they got last season. No Kyrie, who hurt his ankle in Milwaukee, and a Harden playing on one leg. And they still almost advanced. Still almost advanced. Listen, if this Nets team is healthy, you got no worries. They are going to the NBA championship. They're going to the finals. They're going to the finals if they can remain healthy. Because think about this. You're not asking Ben. What are you asking Ben Simmons to do? He doesn't have to be the second scorer. He doesn't even have to be the third scorer on this team. He doesn't have to be. All he's got to do, play defense, which he does impeccably, get you some rebounds, right? And hopefully he'll practice his free throws and be on the floor late because you're going to need him defensively. And if not, you'll play offense defense with him. Okay? He is not he is not the th- he's not even the fourth scorer on this team. Because they could get points from St- from uh Seth Curry coming off the bench. Patty Mills coming off the bench. I, this, this team, this team is deep. They're good. They're okay. And Drummond is going to pound the boards. He's going to be, he's going to create a physicality in the paint for you that you haven't had. If they're healthy, you don't have nothing to worry about. Sit back and enjoy the ride. If they're healthy, and that's the big qualitative thing, if they're healthy. healthy. Lonnie's in Long Island. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Lonnie? Hey, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, listen, Larry, I have a few questions. I have a few things. Just bear with me. I have some uh, basketball, and I'm going to go to the Jets last for about 20 seconds. Okay. My first thing, just just imagine this. Mm-hmm. If the Jets would have lost a few of those games, and we get, we have Moran on our team right now. No disrespect to Drummond. I mean, no disrespect to Barrett. Barrett's a great player. He's averages. He's been consistent lately, and I like him. We're going to build. We can build around him. Another thing, Andre Drummond was out there with no job. Why didn't the Knicks? I was yelling. Why didn't the Knicks pick this man up? They could have picked him up. They would have made. They would have been a lot better. All right. My third thing, Julius Randle. We've seen his best years. It's time for him to say goodbye. We let's get what we can get for him and move on and build young. Let the young players play. And we might need a younger coach to go with that, but I'm not going to say that right now. And my third, my last thing on basketball, okay, my man LeBron, LeBrick, crybaby, broke down James. He's seen his best days. I, if I was the Lakers, I would trade him and get young. He, he's about a year over his prime. He's done. I mean, I, the guy was great this time. He needed to let the young guys take that over and let them do it. And he had never be Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. He had never be Mike. Never. Okay, now, last thing, on my Jets. Mm-hmm. My Jets, they need, they need to start a rebuild and do a rebuild. They need to, that kid, Jordan Davis, out of Georgia. He, they're in the rebuild now, me. my friend. <laughs> They've been yeah, in the, they're in the rebuild right now. Out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Jordan Davis out of Georgia. The Jets, we go get that kid. The Jets will be they will be something. And that kid out of Oregon, got to give him two linemen and start mm-hmm. to rebuild. And let's get it going. You build the lines, offense and defense. Then you build it brick by brick on both sides of the ball. That's how you build a team. If no they question. get that beach out of Georgia, Jordan Davis, man, the Jets, oh, my goodness, they'll go to another level. All right, Lonnie, thanks for the phone call. Uh, look, that's how you build teams. You build them from the line back. And it starts with, you're right, it starts with both lines, offense and defense. Lonnie, LeBron James is averaging just under 30 points a game, just under eight rebounds a game, and six and a half assists at 37. He is not broken down. <laughs> I understand how you love Jordan more than LeBron. I get it. I love Jordan too. Well, let me say this. 
I respect Jordan. I don't love him as a Nick fan. I can't love Jordan as a Nick fan. I respect Jordan. Uh, but listen, LeBron's longevity says a lot. You know, it does. It, it really does. Tells you a lot about him. Tells you a lot about him. Al's in the car. What's up, Al? You're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. How you doing, Larry? I'm doing good, Al. What's up? Good. I just want to talk about it, Nick. Go ahead. Number one, Julius Randle. Why does Julius Randle always bring the ball off the court? Why Julius Randle has to bring the ball up always? That's one. And for that Philly fan, talk about it, Nick. Can you please tell him that last Philly fan? Stop talking about it, Nick. You got a good team. I wish you had a team you had. That's it, Larry. Thank you. All right, Al. Thanks for the phone call. Um, listen, you know, fans talk about other teams. You know, he's right what he's saying about the Knicks. He's talking about Buddha. He's right. The Knicks have struggled. The Knicks, the Knicks have, have not been able to put together decent draft choices that you could build your team and advance and get better. So we'll see what happens. Barrett, Barrett is improving. Okay. This last draft class, I think, is pretty good. I thought last year's was pretty good quickly, although he's taken a step back this year, had a good couple of minutes in the game today. Toppin has been up and down. I, I still need to see him. I need to see him with some minutes so I can figure out what's going on with him. I just think for him, he just he needs to – just focus on the mid-range game. Go out to the three eventually, but look, get a get a get a consistent mid-range game going, please. We know he's athletic and great off the break. Pushing the basketball is his thing. He's great at that. Crowd pleaser gets the crowd going. Fabulous. But to be a consistent NBA player, he needs a mid-range jumper and he's got to at least be getting people's weight defensively and do a better job rebounding. And of course that, that will come with minutes, that confidence and stuff comes with minutes. That's what they got to do. That's what they need to do. And when you consider and you look at the people, the Knicks drafted instead of, and other players that have gone on to other teams in the draft, you sit back and you shake your head. As a matter of fact, you might throw things if you're an emotional Nick fan because you're playing against these guys all the time. <laughs> and it could have been on your team. Could have been on your team. And they're not. And it is extremely frustrating. It really is. It really, really is. <laughs>